I'd like to welcome back Orlean from the Spooky Sisters Book Club podcast. Last time we read a depressingly dark story. Ready for something a little more fun, A? Definitely, D. In this episode, Dustin and I read the first book in the series that inspired the hit television show Gossip Girl by Cicely Von Zizigar. XOXO. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Spotted. D. Sitting down to talk with A. To video chat to discuss one of the biggest YA book series of the past 20 years, Gossip Girl by Cecily Von Ziegesar. First published in 2002 by Little Brown Books and later turned into famous, now infamous, television series. I don't really think we need to read the cover for this one, do we? I don't think we do. <laughs> no. Everybody knows Gossip Girl. Everybody knows the sitch of what it's all about. I don't want to go any further into it, so... I know you used to watch Gossip Girl, Arlene. Yeah. And you said that, you know, of course, you you liked the beginning of it. And like most people, it kind of went off the rails toward the end. You know, of course, that's a lot of shows anyway. But did you ever watch the OC? Oh, of course. The OC. You did watch the OC? Incredible first season of TV. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the last season wasn't so bad either, actually. I think it kind of redeemed itself a little bit. (laughs) In my opinion. Once you got rid of Marissa, things went up. Oh, yeah, totally. It was all it was all going to be uphill from there. Well, I was a big fan of that show, obviously, and but I was super disappointed that it went off the air. However, to my surprise, I saw that Josh Schwartz's production company, he's the guy who created the OC, he was going to be making Gossip Girl into a television series. And when I heard it was like a racy YA series, I was all for it. So I read them all even before the show even debuted. Like I was like, I'm reading them all because I read the first one. I was like, oh, I want to know what happens. And I just got addicted. I, I don't know what happened. Like every single one of the original series I read. And here's what I ended up with. There are 10 or more books after this one. Then the author added a prequel and a sequel, which is like a reunion book set five years later after they graduate high school. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Not only that, in 2010, at the height of the TV series popularity, she also wrote Gossip Girl Psycho Killer, a slasher version of the book, which I will be covering on a companion mini-sode, so check it out after this. The new series on HBO Max, um, what I'm wondering is, will it follow the Carlisles, which was a spinoff of the Gossip Girl series. It was called Gossip Girl the Carlisles. And it was a group of triplets that moved into Blair's apartment. Oh my gosh, this universe is huge. I know. They only had like four or five books or something like that for that one. It was written by another author, though. It was written by, her name was Annabelle Vestry, which kind of sounds like a made-up name to me. It does. Doesn't it? I mean, I have the first book of that. That's all I have. I started to read it, and it just wasn't the same. I could tell it was completely different. So... You know, it's going to be more, apparently the HBO uh, Max show is going to be more kind of closer to the book in a way. There's not going to be so much as a mystery of who's Gossip Girl. Who is it? You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. in this version, the new version of Gossip Girl, everybody's Gossip Girl. Everybody knows everybody's (laughs) Gossip Girl. 
Okay. Because that's what social media is. Oh, it's you just know? crowdsourced gossip, like openly yeah. crowdsourced. Exactly. Okay. I want to know who sifts through it and, you know, I don't know. Right. Someone is literally Gossip Girl. Somebody has to be running the place. Come on. I don't know. Somebody's making money off of it. So, Orlean, would you mind reading some of the quotes that I have? I think you have a great Gossip Girl type of all-knowing voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay i was actually my practicing. <laughs> i was practicing these because it's so hard not to try to sound like Kristen bell you know and trying like not to just mimic her voice oh i know i had an audiobook when this book came out like oh. i mean i had an audiobook and it was actually uh christina ricci was the voice of gossip girl oh that's very different I know. It's very weird, but she kind of did the same. She still had that playfulness to her. It was kind of really similar in that regard. That playful kind of, you know, taunting voice, but it's friendly at the same time. It's, you know. Okay. I feel like I'm voice acting right now. (laughs) There you go. That's what you, no, you just be yourself because you sound great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On to the book. Now you can read the opening lines. Hey, people. Ever wondered what the lives of the Chosen Ones are really like? Well, I'm going to tell you, because I'm one of them. I'm not talking about beautiful models or actors or musical prodigies or mathematical geniuses. I'm talking about the people who are born to it. Those of us who have everything anyone could possibly wish for and who take it all completely for granted. So with that, yes, Gossip Girl explains that she's one of the Upper East Side's Manhattan's elite um, the beautiful, the wealthy kids who take everything for granted because they can. They just can. They party, they do drugs, they have sex, basically just run wild with no supervision whatsoever. So then Gossip Girl goes on to tell us about the latest sightings of B arguing with, arguing with her mother, N smoking a joint, and C buying some fancy shoes. But the biggest sighting is at Grand Central Station, the elusive S who's just returned to the city after being kicked out of boarding school. S is apparently the it girl. She can befriend anyone, seduce your brother or your boyfriend, steal your look and make everyone jealous. Gossip girl is ready for the tea to spill as to why S is back at all. And Ooh, scandalous going into the story. We start with Blair Waldorf who is bitching to her friends, Isabel and Kati about her mother and her mother's new boyfriend, Cyrus Rose. What a name. It sounds like a plantation owner. I don't oh, know. it does. Doesn't it? Cyrus Rose. That's what old classic names always sound like. They just do. Yeah. <laughs> but he's old money, probably. That's probably why. Absolutely. Blair is drinking her second glass of scotch, and it's explained that her parents on the Upper East Side took a European approach to alcohol. Quote, the same thing went for everything else, like sex or drugs. As long as you kept up appearances, you were all right. So strange. Yeah, but throughout the book, I love how Gossip Girl, she's basically kind of narrating the book as well. Mm-hmm. And she gives you these little snide comments as the narrator telling us to like, quote, keep our panties on because the good stuff is coming. You know, that kind of stuff. The whole scene is going down in the midst of a big party in the honor of Cyrus. Blair's annoyed with him because he isn't her dad who actually just ran off to France with another man. Cyrus is bald and fat and obnoxious. He even harasses Blair's boyfriend, Nate, on whether they've done it or not. It's so sick 
when old guys act all pervy trying to act like they're one of the kids. Yeah. You know, no wonder like he can't stand she can't stand him. You know, just like he's just he sounds gross. The personality and everything. So Nate Archibald is described as hot. That's it. That's the description. That's all we get. He's just gorgeous and he knows it apparently. He doesn't act conceited, but come on, you know when you're hot. Yeah, you and know. he's not just he's not hot, he's like super hot. Well, yeah. He's <laughs> I like think he's like the it boy, basically. Super hot and rich. Yes. What yes. more could you want? <laughs> so he and Blair have been dating a year. She even sewed a golden hearted like a golden heart inside of his sweater. So she'll all, he'll always have her heart on his sleeve. Gag me with a silver spoon. Yeah. Blair thinks she lives in a movie. She doesn't, but she thinks she lives in a movie at She's all. She's always times. directing scenes in her head. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, also, since she said, I love you. And he just said, me too. <laughs> uh. Nice sidestep. Nathaniel. <laughs> Ooh. So Blair gets up the liquid courage and determines that tonight's the night. She and Nate have put it off long enough. And after being separated all summer, she's ready to lose the V card. However, Blair is so annoyed with her mother at the moment. She decides she wants to eat a hot dog from a vendor on the street outside, come back up to the party and burp on her mother's face. Just so belt gross. right in her mother's face. It's so gross. Why? I know. I'm like, wow, that's that's like, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get a hot dog. I'm going to eat that thing really fast. And I'm just going to burp right in her face. <laughs> and then she's going to go have sex with Nate. And I'm like, oh. with hot dog burp breath? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, girl, you nasty. <laughs> yeah. Did you just scarf a street hot dog? What's going on? <laughs> Why are you? So you ate a hot dog and then immediately thought of me. Okay. <laughs> She foregoes the hot dog, though. She grabs Nate, and they head into her bedroom with Chuck Bass looking on. So Chuck is described as, quote, aftershave model good looking. He's also a major slut. I don't slut. know what that is. I what don't is know what aftershave, aftershave model? model specifically. What is he must that? Have some, he must have some rough, like, he, he's got to have at least some like a five o'clock shadow. Or some or something that looks like you could shave. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be too But what is it supposed to tell us about him? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I guess because he's got a great face. Okay. After shave, you know, you have to have a good face for that kind okay. of model. Why so isn't he just the a model then? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no this clue. is one of the things because we are not upper east siders, we don't get it. We just don't. We don't get it. And that's the thing. Cecily Von Ziegesar, she is an Upper East Sider. Exactly. She's in. She based all of this on her daughter and her friends. And she just like made it a satire, basically. Anyway, so Chuck is a major slut. <laughs> Not only that, but once he hid in Kati's closet at a party. And then he had his way with her when she was drunk hours later and when she had passed out. He's a freaking rapist. Yeah, that's not slutty. That's just assault. Well, no, no. He is slutty, but he's <laughs> <Okay>. also a rapist. <laughs> What's strange to me is that this doesn't seem to... She doesn't seem to be bothered to hang around him after being raped by him. None of them stop hanging around him when shit gets weird. I know. They're just like, well, you know, everyone knows about this and they know how he is. 
and those I mean, in their immediate social circles just laugh at him with like disregard. This is and very true to life. I think I know it's like dude's a rapist. Please acknowledge that. Don't disregard it. But he's it. super rich, and his parents own a hotel. So what are you gonna do? He's a bass. That's, that's what like is. that's what everyone basically just says. Like, well, he's Chuck. Like, well, I guess that's what we're gonna <laughs> deal with. It's so funny how the things that people will put up with <laughs> when money comes into play. So Blair and Nate are getting all steamy, and she starts to fantasize about the future. Quote, I'm about to have sex with Nate, she thought giddily, and then they both graduate in June and go to Yale in the fall and have a huge wedding four years later and find a beautiful apartment in Park Avenue and decorate the whole thing in velvet, silk, and fur and have sex in every room on a rotating basis. End quote. I love this quote. <laughs> this is not what adult life is like at all. No, but it's very helpful. It is very optimistic. It's what everybody wanted. <laughs> it's what we all wanted. And then it's boom. the movie version of your life that no one gets. <laughs> exactly. So then Mrs. Waldorf is heard from the hall greeting a familiar guest, Serena Vanderwoodson. Uh-oh. She's back in town. Instantly, Nate stops. Serena? Huh? And he darts for the door to see what's up. Blair is pissed. And understandably so. Your boyfriend gets up to see some other girl right before you're about to get it on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I would be mad too. Oh, yeah, totally. And she doesn't even know the worst of it. I know. Oh, I know. Serena is tall and blonde and beautiful like the rest of her family. She was the, it says, quote, she was the girl every boy wants and every girl wants to be. Oh, almost certainly not. <laughs> But you know what, though? I, I wish I was her. <laughs> oh, totally. Get away with everything. But not for any of her actual, like, personality traits. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just, I wish I had her essence, I guess. <laughs> her money. That's her, her money. That's, 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 that's what you're saying. <laughs> and her good looks, apparently. <laughs> their, their whole family is just, like, gorgeous. So Mrs. Waldorf asks if she's, you know, visiting for the weekend. And Serena's mother quickly interrupts and says she didn't care for boarding school. And she'll be back at the girls' prep school, Constance Billiard, starting tomorrow. Damn, that's quick. Serena keeps looking for Blair and Nate but can't find them. She wants to see Blair because she's been gone for over a year, all through the 11th grade and the summer. Like, she's been gone for a full year. And she wants to catch up and do the fun things that they used to do. The weirdest one is... Okay, they named some things they used to do, and the weirdest one that they do is they, quote, pee in downstairs entrances to their classmates' brownstones and then ring the doorbells and run away. <laughs> yeah, rich people are gross. This is gross. This is so gross. <laughs> I'm like, do kids really, is it just, is it rich people or do kids in general do this? I don't know, but. I have never heard of children doing this. It's just, I don't, uh And so I mean, gross. maybe it's because they're rich and drunk all the time. That's got to be it. They they have to pee anyway, so I mean, but why? How these girls are so like weirdly perverse? <laughs> you know, this whole world is so weird, weirdly perverse. So Blair is less than thrilled that Serena is back, and even though they were best friends, with Serena out of the picture, suddenly Blair was the new it girl in her social circles. She liked her newfound popularity. There's no way that she can still have it if supermodel Serena Vanderwoodson is back, you know? So Blair ends up lying to everyone, saying she spoke to Serena, and she's embarrassed about what happened. 
Then Chuck points to the sexual chemistry going on with Serena and Nate across the room. Hmm. Serena reminisces with Nate, bringing up the dumb, drunken game they invented called Buck Naked, which is a stupid game they came up with at a party back in the day. I don't know, but that was really dumb. You know, remember Buck Naked? And they drew a face on his stomach and everybody had to make out with Buck Naked. It was so dumb. Also, they were in like eighth grade, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Finally, she asks him if he remembers, quote, the Red Sea. Serena, you are so inappropriate already. I know. I'm like, why would you go right into that? Right? I'm, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that considering what happened, that's probably one of the first things he's thinking about, actually. You're in mixed company. You're at a party. I know. She has no, like, awareness whatsoever. So he reluctantly says yes, and things get a little hot and heavy because of this, mainly because we enter into a quick flashback to the summer before last. A week before Serena left for boarding school, she and Nate were alone in the city. One thing led to another, and they lost their virginity to each other. Afterwards, they're watching the History Channel, and something about Moses comes up, and Serena says, Oh, Nate, you parted my Red Sea. And so I'm like, ooh, it's just really juvenile for a teen girl, the teen it girl, <laughs> in my opinion. They're and it's all kind so of unsettling. Juvenile. They're all so young. I know, but... I don't know for their status. You would think they would talk a little better than this, but I know, <laughs> but it's, it's really unsettling sounding the whole parting the reds. It's gross. So they promised not to tell anyone, but Nate apparently slipped up a few weeks ago at a party. He was drunk and bragged to Chuck Bass of all people judging solely on Chuck's behavior thus far. I'd say that was probably a bad move. <laughs> probably a bad move. Why Nate. would you confide anything in him ever? I don't know. Ugh. Suddenly, Chuck and the girls walk over, followed by Blair, who won't even look Serena in the eyes. Nate is totally nervous that Chuck is going to say something about he and Serena, but, the, but then dinner is called. So Blair rushes to the table and sits next to her 11-year-old brother, Tyler. Yes, you heard that correctly, Gossip Girl TV show fans. In the book, Blair has a little brother. Also in the book, there is no Dorota. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. There's I kept no Dorota. It's some maid named Esther. That we kind of see a little bit, but there's no Dorota. Sorry, she's made up for the show. So to avoid talking to Serena, Blair starts stuffing her face with everything in sight. It's like she's trying to win on an all, all the you can eat contest. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, you know, she's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, everybody's just looking at her like, slow down, piggy. <laughs> Eventually, she rushes to the bathroom and purges the meal, literally sticking her finger down her throat. I'm not seeing this book series winning any social awareness awards anytime soon, but, you know. I mean, it's very real. <laughs> this happens. You know it does. Yes. Serena follows her to the bathroom and tries to talk to her about how about her life and how she's scared about going back to school tomorrow and how she hates she missed so much of Blair and Nate and and they make the perfect couple, but Blair basically just ices her out again. They end up returning to the dining room where everyone anticipates the return. Seriously, Nate's a nervous wreck and Chuck just wants a cat fight or some scandal to happen. Gossip Girl Post. That same evening, Gossip Girl posts some reader mail, mainly Q&A. It's primarily all the kids sending in their tips on people that they think may be S. Gossip Girl leads each on to think that they are correct. She's kind of a sassy bitch. 
She then says how I and Kay are eating too much cake at a certain cafe and will probably have to have their own dresses from Bindles let out. This is how much Gossip Girl sees. She really knows all, hence why she's the narrator. It's so catty, though. Oh, yeah. Let them have some cake. Like, what is up? It's so judgy, so judgmental. But you know what? They kind of deserve it because, you know, they do the same thing to everybody else. So don't dish it if you can't take it. You know, that's how I feel. She also says S may have been spotted leaving an STD clinic in a dark wig and glasses. Hmm. She's pretty accurate when she reports, though. So maybe it was her? (laughs) She then says someone saw S sitting outside her window looking lost. Oh, poor little Ritz girl. So sad that everything comes so easily for you. Poor thing. Seriously, she just got kicked out of boarding school. Wah. <laughs> I mean, what a she's, stereotype. I know. and But she's always, everybody loves her. Every, she's back. You know, everybody. I just don't, I don't feel sorry for her. I'm sorry. I don't. You're rich. A, you're beautiful. B, C, everybody loves you. <laughs> Everyone wants to be around you. Everybody, even the ones who were jealous, want to be around you. It is now Monday at Constance Billiard School for Girls. The morning gathering has spawned gossip. Why is Serena back? Also, where is Serena? (laughs) She hasn't shown up yet. Meanwhile, we're told about the headmistress, Mrs. McLean. Everyone knew Mrs. McLean had a girlfriend up in Vermont. Her name was Vonda, and she drove a tractor. Mrs. McLean had a tattoo on her inner thigh that said, Ride me, Vonda. It's true. Swear to God. (laughs) These kids are so mean. They are. I thought that was just a funny yet odd thing to point out to the audience. Like, that's the kind of stuff that Gossip Girl says in the middle of the story. (laughs) It's true. Swear to God. (laughs) So the seniors sit in the back. And Blair's click is coming down harsh on the gossip and the flat-out lies about Serena. Blair's just kind of sitting back and enjoying it. She loves it. She's like, go ahead, talk shit about her. I don't care. These lies are brutal, though. They're really bad. Like, they are bad. Like, oh, she must have had an abortion on her way to school and stuff like that. Like, like, abandoned a child. What? (laughs) She's just a high schooler. (laughs) I know, but they're horrible. I mean... They act like their parents treat them like they're adults, so they think they're adults, and they say some horrible shit. (laughs) A few rows up, a freshman by the name of Jenny Humphrey sees someone dash by the windows. Serena Venterwoodson? Jenny's idol is back! Serena enters, and everyone notices how disheveled she looks. Old clothes mixed with a new hideous polyester uniform— She's described as looking homeless, but as Jenny notes, she still looks fabulous. And that just pisses Blair off. Apparently, she can pull off homeless chic. (laughs) So, fans of the show, here's a major change in character description. Jenny, in the show, is 14, 15 years old. She's blonde. She's sweet. She's cute, at first, anyway. But Jenny, in the book, is 14, short. A curly-haired brunette, and she's pretty average-looking except for her humongous 34D boobs. She's got massive knockers <laughs> for a 14-year-old, and I feel so bad for her. Yeah, that's awful. But this description of a character makes so much more sense because in the show, it was almost like 
you're a little Serena. You're gorgeous. Like, I don't feel the same conflict. <laughs> you can kind of see like how this girl is probably like a busty Blair in a way. Yeah. And like even less popular, less refined, doesn't have the beauty products. <laughs> but she still has a great personality. <laughs> She's still sweet. <laughs> like they care. She's like less visibly part of this world compared to the show where it seemed like if you put different makeup and clothes on Jenny, she would have fit right in. Exactly. She was just too, she was too cute. Yeah. (laughs) This Jenny just dresses up really well. Apparently we finally get to Dan Humphrey or Daniel as he's introduced to us for now, but it's immediately changed to Dan from then on. (laughs) Why would you name somebody Dan? This is Daniel Humphrey. And then say Dan for the rest of it. I'm like, yeah, why so don't you weird. call him Daniel? That's strange. Jenny calls Dan to tell him that Serena is back because he know she knows that he will flip out. And he does, but only on the inside. He keeps his cool with his sister. And it just it just makes her mad. She just gets frustrated and hangs up the phone. He's like, oh, so what? Whatever. And inside he's like, oh my God, Serena's back. Oh my God, I love her. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know? Yeah, you know, that's how it's, he is. it's creepy how this family is like obsessed with her. It is a little, <laughs> yeah, they both are They're for different reasons. Obsession with this yeah. girl that neither of them know. They just know of her. They've never spoken to her. So this is where we find out two things. Dan smokes camel cigarettes. And he, like I said, like we just said, he's obsessed with Serena. As it turns out, his birthday party in the eighth grade is where the whole buck naked game happened. And he saw her for the very first time. Eighth grade. <laughs> I know it was his birthday party and they didn't even know him. They just How showed did up. How did Nate and Serena to come to his party? I have well, free alcohol. That's what it was. It was the alcohol. Eighth grade. <laughs> exactly. And the dad bought it for them. His dad bought it for him. He's supposed to be the level headed one. Anyway. Uh, so after that, he'd followed her, her around and had Jenny report on her from school for years. Ew. She's creepy. And before she moved away to boarding school. And I'd like to note that Rufus Humphrey, Dan and Jenny's father, is referred to as a retired editor of famous beatnik poets. I don't know what kind of editing this entails. <laughs> so in this, he is not the former rock star turned art gallery owner. <laughs> not but the hot still. former rock star. Still, like, that is a job that no one's parent has. He is still in this, like, strange New York echelon. He's just not in Serena's. Yes, yes, precisely. Also, his wife, their mom, Mrs. Humphrey, ran off to Prague to, quote, focus on her art. That's what rich people do. That's that's what rich people do. And she's definitely, wink, wink, coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Outside his school... Dan overhears Chuck Bass, a.k.a. Scarf Boy, what he calls him, because of the monogram scarf he wears always. It's a CB on it. Yeah, sick burn, Dan. Yeah, Scarf Boy, sick. So Chuck is talking shit about Serena and how she's a slut and is just blabbing left and right to anybody who will listen. Most of it isn't true. Some of it is, but Dan tries not to believe a word of it. Throws a cigarette at their feet and just goes to them. That's because he knows that she's a beautiful angel. She has a beautiful soul. At Constance Billiard's film studies class, we met, we finally meet Vanessa Abrams. Who actually in the show, we don't meet for a little while. 
She doesn't show up until like a few episodes in for a while. And she's not at all as he's described here. So she's a film director extraordinaire. Unlike her rich, snobby classmates, Vanessa dreams of going to NYU film school. They don't care about this class and it just pisses her off. Case in point, the note that Blair receives and laughs at it right in the middle of class when they're talking about Serena more. There's a little backstory on Vanessa. She lives in Brooklyn with her sister, Ruby. Her parents live in Vermont in a house made out of recycled tires. None of these people are normal. None of them. (laughs) They allowed her to move in with her sister, but make her go to Constance for a good education, apparently. You know how your parents made you go to like a, what, $50,000 a year prep school for a good education? Probably even more than that, actually. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that, like, actually. Saying the whole, like, oh, they live in Vermont in, like, a reconstituted cabin makes them sound not as rich as everyone else in this book. <laughs> They're saving money, apparently. That's what they do. They recycle everything. They've saved a lot of money. <laughs> so Vanessa, as I said before, is a lot different looking than she is in the show. Here, she's described as, quote, nearly bald. I don't know what that means. I guess she just shaved down really short. Like Like G.I. Jane. That's what I picture. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a a buzz cut in a way. She wears black turtlenecks and reads Tolstoy and everything else a pretentious hippie wannabe would want to (laughs) do. Everyone in this book is a stereotype. (laughs) They are. So while Blair and company keep passing mean notes about Serena back and forth, Vanessa announces auditions for, quote, Natasha, the female lead in her film. Her friend, Dan Humphrey, is the male lead. She seems to light up whenever she mentions him. Like, she seems really thirsty for a drink of Dan. (laughs) I don't know why, though. I don't know either. He's not that attractive (laughs) sounding. At lunch, Isabel and Kati are discussing the upcoming Kiss on the Lips charity event for the Central Park Peregrine Falcon Foundation. Is that how you say it? Peregrine? Yeah, Peregrine. Blair's on too many freaking committees and extracurriculars, in my opinion. Her life does not sound fun for someone so rich and popular. She has no fun at all. She no, doesn't she know doesn't. what fun is. For all this money and drinking and partying, like she doesn't have fun. She never does. So the group is still bad-mouthing Serena, asking if Blair told her about the kiss on the lips party. And Blair says Serena is probably too busy anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's too busy. Whatever. Then Serena shows up and sits down next to them, asking, where are the good parties at? And Blair lies and says, nothing's happening till Christmas. Yeah, right. Mm. Then she avoids Serena further by saying that she has a meeting with her French teacher. Isabel and Conti follow suit, and Serena wonders what she did wrong to drive everyone away. I don't think it takes much, Jess. Also, I don't know that she actually examines her behavior and her like effect on other people. Oh, no. She's totally typical, typical rich person. It's everybody else's problem, not mine. Well, like rich person and teenager together is just like this horrible fusion. (laughs) You got rich person on top of which can actually be a teenager no matter what age. You know what I mean? Can act like that. And then you have it mixed in with an actual teenager. Actual teenager. Mm. It's like a time bomb. (laughs) Gossip Girl Post. Dear Gigi, D sounds sweet. What's he so hot for S for? She's just a hoe. BB. Dear BB, I happen to know that D is not that innocent. He was up to some kinky shit back at summer camp in eighth grade. Gigi. Hmm. Eighth grade. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. And I wonder why. Why all of a sudden Dan's being noticed? Because he has no, no involvement with any of them. Right. At why this point. does Gossip Girl even care about Dan? So she knows something already. Well, maybe it's because of the eighth grade party. She was at the eighth grade party? She had to have been. Because she knows about him from the eighth grade at this point, too. So she knows that their lives are going to intermingle somehow. Ooh. Ooh. See, there's the mystery right there. We found the underlying. That's where it is. It makes you question, why does this person know everything? <laughs> and how? Well, so one thing I really loved is throughout the book, the author has all the different characters say, you know, you love me in different dialogues. Yeah, because that's how Gossip Girl signs yes, off. Yeah, so you're constantly like, oh, it's Ginny. Oh, it's Serena. <laughs> I know. And I think, didn't a guy say it at one point too? Yes. I think it might have been Dan, maybe. I have no idea who Gossip Girl is the whole time. And then you're like, huh. It's obviously, you know, to make you go, hmm. Yeah. Well, then Gossip Girl goes on to say that N is a pothead that gets his stash at a pizza place where he always ends up flirting with the same girl. Gossip Girl calls her, quote, Claire, for some reason. She also says that Claire goes to another prep school called LaCole and says that she's a slut just like the rest of them at LaCole. Methinks Gossip Girl has a bit of a grudge on... um either the, with the Cole girls or Claire in general. <laughs> yeah, she sounds a little jealous. <laughs> she does. So back to the story. Lonely Serena is bored in the big city. I don't know how you can be bored in the big city, but she is. She can go anywhere. And do anything and find something to do. Right. She misses her brother Eric at this moment. She has a small flashback of a family trip and of him helping her get pads after she had her period for the first time. Aw, fond memories. Fond, fond memories. She ends up calling him, who's a freshman at Brown. So he is a year older in this one and not two or three years younger like he is in the show. (laughs) But she ends up leaving a reluctant message for him. So the next day... Dan and Jenny are having breakfast in their rundown Brooklyn loft apartment. Seriously, this place sounds really rustic and cool, though. Yeah, it's not rundown. I mean, I understand. Like, this was before uh, that whole area of Brooklyn was the coolest place on Earth. But still. It's described as rundown. So <laughs> so that's why I'm kind of, you know, it seems like you need a tetanus shot to go there. <laughs> then how do they go to these schools? I don't that's how they save money. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. It's all about saving the money. New York has public schools. I know, but apparently they're not as good. <laughs> as the drug palace? <laughs> this is according to these characters in this book. I can't justify it. <laughs> I know. All these characters make terrible decisions. So, of course, they would also make bad decisions about money. Uh, the parents included. Everybody. Exactly. <laughs> So we get further description of Dan and how he basically just chain smokes and drinks coffee all the time. Gross. Everyone in here is smoking so much. I know. And Dan just wants to be like anti-establishment so bad. It's a huge eye roll. But Jenny, Jenny's the opposite. She's peppy and perky and she just wants to lose a little weight, mainly in her boobs. It's a poor thing. I mean, I would, I would too, being that young and that stacked, you know. So. Her wanting to be so liked and so, you know, approved, you know, everything, it's, oh. that's what's worrisome. Oh, and okay. her brother, obviously, is worried about that as well. You can tell he is. 
She just Jenny wants, wants to, be to a know social climber, you know. Yeah, she's a little social climber, and she just wants to fit the part. She's in her school; yeah. she wants to fit in, you know. Totally. She's eager, eager to please. She wants to know why Dan won't talk about Serena. Dan is just still focused on the stuff that Chuck Bass said, you know, all that crap that he was making up or saying, spreading about Serena, that she was a druggie, you know, in a slut with STDs. He can't shake it off. So Jenny starts talking about finding a way to get into the kiss on the lips party. And then their father wakes up. He is not attractive in the slightest. Again, he has stained clothes. He, they said he has matted hair. Mike, you have matted hair. And he probably hasn't washed in a while. So Dan decides to fuck with Jenny and tell the Dan, tell dad Rufus about the party. And he is, Rufus is just disgusted. He only sends his kids to these schools for the education. They better not start acting like these spoiled brats and their parents out to destroy the world with greed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know? So he has no bearing on reality whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> Hence why Dan is the way he is. And then Rufus just takes it too far and says, you're just like your mother. And Dan immediately, immediately feels bad because their mom read off of the, ran off with a prince or a count and is living the luxury life in Europe without them. And this is a definitely an, an insult from her jilted ex-husband. Yeah, Jenny just wants to go to a party. She's a I high know. schooler. Not cool, Dad. Not cool. Later at school, Nate heads up to the computer lab. He's emailing Serena. Everyone is obsessed with her. I don't get it, but he says that he will definitely see her on Friday. Then he sees an email from Blair saying that she was trying to get down and dirty with him, but they were interrupted. So she wants to try again when her house is empty this Friday. Blair, you should not have to try this hard. <laughs> I know. You should not with a teenage boy. No. The first thing that Nate can think of is how he can keep his little tryst with Serena a secret a little while longer just so he can nail Blair on Friday. Ew. Ew. Okay, so Ew. this just automatically makes him a terrible person. They're all terrible. <laughs> oh, I mean, just this in general. He At first, you're kind of okay with him, and then he's like, uh, really? Come on. Yeah, Nate has no redeeming qualities. Like, no. being attractive is not a redeeming quality. <laughs> and what's he think is going to happen when she finds out after the fact? I don't think he's thinking that far. I think that's why he's getting that pot from the pizza shop every day. Yeah. No, no she's a ticking time bomb. I would not underestimate her. <laughs> so Nate skips Jim and goes to the park with some classmates to supposedly play soccer. But they all end up getting stoned and talking about Serena being back. <laughs> <laughs> Even the guys in these books are gossips. <laughs> Everyone in this book is like a nasty gossip who hates everyone else. <laughs> they spread lies about Serena hooking up with guys at boarding school and having a secret baby. They are harsh. They try to coax Nate into telling him or telling them about his fling with Serena because they heard it from Chuck Bass, obviously. Uh oh, it's getting around. Gossip Girl Post. In this post, she has it out for the resident stoner. She even gives in a nickname, Waspoid. It's, it's like good, a wasteoid. <laughs> you like it, don't you? It's actually yeah. kind of good. It's good. It's like a wasteoid, which everybody knows a wasteoid is like a pothead or just somebody who's, you know, drugged Burn up out. all the time. Yes. But it's an upper class waspy type. If you don't know what wasp is, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It's usually Connecticut Upper East Side type of people. Other sightings include B buying condoms, then getting a bikini wax, 
I and K are also spotted at the three guys coffee shop again. Do these people read the blog that's that supposedly about them? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would start changing my habits. They read it every day, right? They're all reading exactly because they mention things. They, they later on they mention waspoid, and she's like, "Hmm, I wonder where that came from." Like, so obviously they read it. So why don't they know they're being watched? They probably do it because they know they're being watched, so they yeah, can give but something. Like, to, get your cake to go. Yeah, or do something cooler <laughs> than just eating at a cafe. If you're being watched, do something cool. Now Serena is sitting in the guidance counselor's office. Miss Gloss is relentless and won't stop until Serena has some extracurriculars to accompany her weak college applications. It's funny to me how they can be failing out, but still get into elite universities just because of their money. It just makes me mad, too. These are the people running our country, our world. Do not forget that. These are the type of people we're talking about. Even though it's a satire, it's probably not far from the truth. Yeah. The other thing, I don't know if you saw this tweet that went viral, but it was the question, uh, what's classy if you're rich and what's trashy if you're poor? And it's literally everything in this book. Yes, Every exactly. single thing in this book. <laughs> what you can get away with if you're poor and what you can get away with if you're, yeah, if it's what it looks like on each side. Yeah. When Jenny's like, she looks homeless, <gasps> you know, like. <laughs> Exactly. If you're, if you're obviously, if you're in her status, you're like, she looks homeless. And Jenny's like, oh, she looks homeless chic, you know? Right. <laughs> it's totally like completely different. I guess it's just perspective, you know? So Serena decides that she's going to try to be in the school play. It doesn't matter if they've already cast the play, you know, it doesn't yeah, matter to her, pretty. of course. She'll probably get a part anyway. To kill time before rehearsals, she wanders aimlessly until she gets home where she mopes around. I love that she watches TRL at one point and it's yeah, seriously, totally it's like, Oh, the book dated itself. Oh, <laughs> right. When I got to that point, I was like, Oh, this can't happen right now. <laughs> yeah. They tried to bring back TRL. No, went away too long. It didn't work. It's not the same. So she peruses the mail and finds an invitation to an art opening for now, actually. Being the opportunist and wanting to jumpstart her social life again, she heads to the gallery to look at weird close-up pics of celebrity eyeballs. A smorgasbord of early 2000s talent, Kate Moss, Christina Aguilera, Eminem. They aren't gone or anything, but today would probably be like Gigi Hadid or Ariana Grande and Machine Gun Kelly and stuff like that. Suddenly, she gets pulled into a random photograph with the Remy brothers twin artists of the eye photographs that are hanging up. Then they ask her to be a part of an impromptu photo shoot, like right now. They tell her to wait for them in the back room, which to me is shady, <laughs> but they assure her, we're both gay. Girl. This is a high school girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go wait in the back room with it. And don't worry. We're both gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, here's some champagne. Yes, exactly. Serena hardly ever turns anything down. It seems <laughs> The next day, Blair and her crew are fretting over getting new invitations for the Kiss on the Lips party, but they're short on the budget. Suddenly, a voice from behind tells them that she can do the invitations for free. It's Jenny Humphrey. Jenny. They, yeah, she's trying. <laughs> they all remember that she did the cool calligraphy on the hymnals at school. So Blair considers it free? Why not? She tells Jenny that she can make herself and a friend an invi invitation as well. Jenny, of course, is ecstatic and can't wait to tell Dan. Poor, naive Jenny. Also, Anyone who's seen the TV show knows where it's going. 
Also, the idea that their social club is out of budget and their lunch costs would probably make it up. I know. It's just so it, like yeah, they're not willing. Allowances would well, it's because it's for charity. They're not willing to spend any more they than they have converts. to. <laughs> <laughs> Serena buzzed from the art show photograph she just had taken shows up at school for rehearsals of gone with the wind. She sees that they're doing some modernized musical version of it using the talking head song, burning down and saying burning down the South. <laughs> that was a really good detail. I kind of want to see this. <laughs> She's like, no, thanks. <laughs> and leaves. She's like, I'm not doing this. Items like that are why it feels like satire when you're like, yeah, this is this is a little too clever. <laughs> it is. It's way too clever. And you're like, but I, I really want to see this. So Serena finds herself back in the hallway looking at flyers and she spots Vanessa Abrams student film audition. Might as well, she thinks, and she heads to Central Park. She makes it to the park just as this annoying red haired girl, Marjorie, is finishing up her audition. So she was, Marjorie is the only girl that showed up. <laughs> and actually, Serena really fits the description of Vanessa's leading lady more, actually. Blonde hair, beautiful. And the second that he sees her, Dan gets a mental boner <laughs> when she shows up. And instantly feels that connection when they read the script together. He's all caught up in Serena. Vanessa is obviously jealous that Dan is giving Serena all this attention. But she figures that that's typical of boys, I guess. Afterwards, Serena rides the subway home with Marjorie, who is confident that she has the part. Don't hold your breath, girl. This is Serena Vanderwoods that we're talking about. <laughs> Meanwhile, Serena starts to fantasize a little bit about Dan, about how he seemed cool and chill. Like a hmm. real person, maybe. Yeah. Is she actually interested or just distracting herself again? She doesn't hmm. know him. Like they're both exactly. doing it to each other. This just He's like done it way more than her. Fascination with like, ooh, if I was with this person, I would have a different life. Yeah, that's true. The other side. Yeah. Thing. Gossip Girl post. Gossip Girl makes sure to let us know that S is now a model. Even though her face isn't in her new photo, her debut will be posted on billboards, buses, and cabs all over. What the hell did those Remy twins take a picture of? This is my favorite running thing through the book. Yes, it's pretty good. Absolute favorite. <laughs> and I hate that they didn't put it in the show a little bit, but I mean, you kind of couldn't. It's too satirical. It is. It's too mocking of their whole culture. <laughs> it is. It is. It's totally. We also finally dive into the mystery of Gossip Girl a little as some submitted questions refer to her identity. Example, is she really a girl? One submission even says her blog is being noticed by the Village Voice and other noteworthy magazines. Gossip Girl is ready for her blog to blow up. That means adults are reading this dumb gossip blog about New York's elite teenagers. Well, when they have money. <laughs> <laughs> Although I... Mean, I I say that, and I legitimately used to read Gawker, so. Well, we watched Part Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> but Gawker used Girl. to be this. Like, it tracked New York socialites. Oh, yeah. It's kind of oh, page six as well. Uh, yeah, totally. At school, Serena spots Vanessa 
and eagerly asks her if she's made up her mind about the casting of the role of Natasha. Vanessa, ever jealous of Dan's crush on Serena, decides to cast Marjorie instead. She basically just lies. She's like, yeah, Marjorie had that thing that she didn't like Marjorie, but she's like, I really don't like you, Serena. <laughs> I don't I want mean, you. I mean, this my- is also so real. This is such a oh, real yeah. high school interaction. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is totally, this is something I could see happening. Even though Serena is actually perfect for the part, she'd rather not be jealous the whole time. What's more important, Vanessa, the integrity of your art or your jealous nature? She's like 16. I know. I'm trying to appeal to the prestigious artist that she wants to be. (laughs) (laughs) Serena is disappointed. She really wanted that part and she kind of liked Dan. Okay. Really wanted is she put 30 seconds of thought into it and now there's a thing she can acquire and she's not sure she's going to be able to acquire it. That's what I think. saying no for the first time. Yes. Like she might not get a thing. She gets the idea to hit up Blair for help. If Blair can show her how to work the camera and lights, Serena will just film and star in a movie herself. See, it's not about Vanessa's movie or Dan or any of that. It's all about me, 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 me. Look at me. She corners Blair to ask her, but Blair just keeps brushing her off. Serena has been pushed away again and again, and it's getting to her. Her eyes start to well up with tears, and she makes Blair... You know, it makes Blair really soft. You know, she's like, it's worked on her in the past, apparently, and she knows it. They were so Blair comes, I get it. Yeah, she knows how to work her. So Blair comes up with this new plan. You know, okay, Serena, we will meet for drinks on Friday at the Tribeca Hotel. And then, you know, Blair is going to head home and get prepped to smash <laughs> with Nate. Yeah, remember high school, everybody. <laughs> I know. And I'm sorry to anybody. I can't believe I just said smash. So bump uglies, whatever you want to say. And did the hand motion to go with it. I really did. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa calls Dan during his study hall. He's smoking a cigarette on a bench, reading The Stranger by Albert Camus. It's a bit pretentious for a high school kid, but whatever. A bit? Also, he must smell like cigarettes all the time. I think he thinks he's like in 1960s Paris or something. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what he seems like he wants to be. He's been thinking about Serena since the audition. And now Vanessa is telling him that Marjorie got the part? Huh? He instantly rebukes her casting choice because it's dumb and obvious that she's just ruining her own movie. Wow, Dan. I know. (laughs) Vanessa says that she's the director, and that's the end of it. She even defends this choice by repeating some of the Gossip Girl rumors. Before she notices a bus go by with a picture of a belly button or a gunshot wound or something with the name Serena on it. (laughs) She's like, whatever, it's mine, and you know what, Serena's a slut, and then what the hell is that? (laughs) Serena is everywhere. She's everywhere. Dan is rightfully pissed. He actually started to let himself believe that he and Serena could go to that stupid kiss on the lips party together. Dude, that's on Friday. You just met her. I know. He is so crazy. He also can't believe that Vanessa is a gossip now. And I love Gossip Girl's narrator response. Oh, don't be a spoil sport. Gossip is sexy. Gossip is good. Not everybody does it. But everybody should. <laughs> Gossip is actually terrible and really toxic. It is really obviously. horrible. Obviously. 
So Dan angrily hangs up the phone before seeing the same picture that just passed by Vanessa on another bus rolling by. He thinks it looks like a beautiful rosebud. What the hell is this picture? <laughs> it's just my favorite. So little Jenny Humphrey spent all night working on the kiss on the lips invitations and is now numbly going through her day. At lunch, however, she sees a random sign-up sheet and notices that Serena posted it for help on her new movie. Of course, Jenny is the first to put her name down, prompting Serena to come over and sit with her. Jenny's life is made. Serena asks her about her credentials, and Jenny says she's a photographer and an artist. Then she mentions making the invitations and how Blair didn't put Serena's home address on the list. So Jenny hands over Serena's invite. Serena can't believe she wasn't invited. <gasps> Blair is going to hear it. Ooh. And really, Serena, you can't believe it. No one wants to eat lunch with you. No one wants to hang out with you. You can't believe you didn't get invited to the party? Exactly. Like you said, she's not aware at all. Just in her own little world. Everything's, you know, coming up roses for Serena. Or, or belly buttons or assholes. We don't know. <laughs> Gossip Girl post. Gossip Girl lets us in on a little history with S and B. They once made out in a hot tub at a party. I don't know why this is relevant, but there you go. It's super not relevant. It really isn't. She just says it. I don't know why. Sightings. Little J bought a book on filmmaking, and N is keeping tabs on C so that C doesn't spill any secrets. B bought candles for her big night with N. It's Friday night. And Blair is waiting in the Tribeca Hotel Bar. Per Gossip Girl, hotel bars are the best place to drink because no one cards you. What? Is that I a know. thing? Apparently. <laughs> no one is noticing her. Her drink is taking forever. And then Serena appears. Of course, all eyes are on her. The waitress immediately talks Serena up and gets her drink order. And of course, Blair had to wait, but Serena gets instant attention from everyone. No wonder she wants to ditch her. Yeah, I was on Blair's side during the scene. I was fuming. She was late. What? She's late. And Blair's already ordered and hadn't gotten her damn drink. And then Serena gets it instantaneously. Serena is disappointed, thinking the whole gang would be there. But Blair is just doing this to save face. Serena just wants to go to Chuck Bass's suite. But Blair says they, they haven't been allowed to party there in a few years now. It's been a little while. Also, sorry, Serena. It's just me, your ex-BFF. Sorry. Sorry it's not the whole gang that you wanted. Whatever. She ends up talking down to Serena about her life choices and all the rumors about why she got kicked out of boarding school. Per Serena, she was kicked out because she didn't show up for the new school year until about a month after it started. That'll do so, it. She was having too much fun in the French Riviera, like you do. That all sounds like not enough to kick her out, considering her parents probably could have just paid to keep her enrolled. That's that. true. She just missed some classes, right? She didn't burn down the school. Yeah, it's not like she, like, you know, slept with a teacher or something. <laughs> she might well, have, but. She might have. <laughs> Blair scolds Serena's behavior, and then Serena hits back with her, letting her know that the kiss on the lips invitation that Jenny gave her. She's like, I know about that damn invitation. Okay. So don't bring little Jay into this S. <laughs> She's an innocent. Don't do that. Blair gives a weak excuse, you know, to leave, you know, she, she, I have to study for, you know, 
SATs for the practice SATs. <laughs> Not on even the Friday SATs. Night. On Friday yeah, on night. Friday night. <laughs> so she heads out, leaving Serena feeling all abandoned. Of course, Blair can't escape her former bestie. A bus and a taxi roll by with what appears to be a belly button, maybe? Weren't there? There was a whole gallery of other people's photos. So why is Serena's everywhere? She's just perfect. Serena is left all alone, waiting for anyone she knows to show up. Of course, Chuck Bass shows up, and he's getting all kinds of handsy with Serena. She keeps laughing it off because that's just Chuck. It's so gross. But again, I have to ask, does no one remember he raped your drunken friend? (laughs) I don't know why she's agreeing to go up to his suite with him. By themselves. By themselves. By themselves. Yes. This dumb. And after drinking, you know, whatever. I mean, granted she had one drink, but still. Meanwhile, Nate is hesitating going to Blair's. He's hella nervous that she knows what's up with the, you know, from the summer before last with about what happened with he and Serena. And she's under the impression that he's going to lose his virginity too. No doubt. She, she thinks that he's still a virgin. Yeah. But how has this not come up before in a year? I know. How have you like, I mean, I don't know. He he avoided it a lot, apparently. But they, well, I don't know. I don't she know talks how. it up. Like, I don't know how it wouldn't come up. She's always coming in second to Serena. Always. Everywhere. So, but he's already stoned. And he figures a bottle of Jack will be a good idea. Something tells me it's not, but, you know. These people are all going to die by the time they're 30. <laughs> They'll buy new organs. Back at the hotel, Chuck has gotten Serena up to his suite. She peruses some photos and sees shots of parties from the past year right there in this suite. Blair the bitch had lied to her. Now she's really starting to catch on to their new frenemy status. Chuck starts to massage her and kiss her feet, and she's like, stop, Chuck, don't. And then he starts putting his hand on her legs, and she's like, let's just watch Dirty Dancing on TBS. Just leave. (laughs) Just leave. No. But his response is to climb on top of her and kiss her with his peanut breath. Ugh. She eventually says she's not feeling well and she ends up passing out. And surprisingly, Chuck doesn't try anything further. Why would you pass out at that point? Get I don't out. know, but what I'm just surprised that Chuck didn't try anything with her. I was shocked. That. I thought we were going to have a very uncomfortable like she woke up to Chuck on top of her. The only thing I could think of was like maybe because she's Serena. And everyone would hate, everyone would hate him oh, if he did something true. to her. that's true. He know? would actually get in trouble. And probably. She later wakes up and is like, okay. And he's like, all right, let's get down to business. You know, what come on. Fuck? And she's like, you know, before, of course, he could turn her down again. But she does. She turns him down. And he's pissed and practically shoves her out of his suite. He gives her his scarf to cover her head from the rain. And they ride downstairs in the elevator. And Chuck sees her poster on a taxi. She thinks it looks like someone blowing a kiss. And he thinks it looks like Mars or Uranus. (laughs) Puns don't work on you, Chuck. Don't do it. (laughs) As she's getting into the cab, Chuck gets all mad because she, he says that she's been fucking Nate since 10th grade and been slutty in boarding school in France. And then he says he doesn't want her because she's got all these diseases. So now Serena finally sees Chuck as the predatory asshole that he is. 
She ends up throwing up later and using a scarf to wipe up the vomit. Very fitting. He is awful. He is. He's horrible. He's Why does horrible. Nate even hang around with him at all? Don't I tell don't him things. So Nate arrives at Blair's and she answers the door all naked. She's been picturing this as a movie moment the whole time. Everything is perfect. Candles, music, wine. Nate is so distracted with guilt, he can't even enjoy his naked girlfriend like a normal teenage boy would. Um. I know. He can't even enjoy it. Oh, well, it's like, wow, you have a conscience. <laughs> That's why. She gets him naked and they're fooling around, but all Nate can think about is his guilt and a burrito he's craving. Talk about not in the mood. <laughs> yeah, Blair deserves someone better. He's like, I feel so bad about Serena. Man, I'm really hungry. I really want a burrito. I'm like, you are making out with your naked girlfriend right now. Right? Like, not a thought for Blair. <sighs> I feel so bad for her. <laughs> he ends up stopping Blair. He can't do this until she knows the truth. And she does not react well. Oh, weird. This is literally the worst time to do it. I know. She calls Serena a slutty bitch and tells Nate he's pathetic before kicking him out. Finally, he can get his burrito on. Oh, Nate, come on. Like, have a feeling. <laughs> Alone again, Blair imagines a new movie in which Serena is horribly mangled in an accident. And Blair takes care of her out of pity, calling herself St. Blair. This girl has an imagination. But I, <laughs> but I do feel closest to Blair than anyone. So, you know. You do all the work, you try to do all the stuff on the right path, and yet someone like Serena just swoops in with no effort and takes opportunities just because she's Serena. I'd hate that bitch too. Also, early on, Blair mentions that her parents divorce, Serena has been MIA the whole time. Like, no emotional support whatsoever. I know, she's been in through it. Her long, she needed her best friend, you know, and she had to go through it all by herself. And her best friend was hanging out in France having some fun. Exactly. I would, mm, I'd feel abandoned. Serena arrives home to find Nate waiting for her outside. They go upstairs and Nate wonders if he and Blair are really broken up. He then thinks about kissing Serena. Oh, he Nate. Up, I know. I know. He sees the contents of her purse, especially the scarf with CB written on it. Is Serena really a slut like they say? When she says, quote, sleep with me, does it, does she say it ambiguously or on purpose? You know, like Nate is now completely turned off by Serena, letting her fall asleep as he leaves, taking the scarf with him. But it's literally like that quote, like, I won't belong to a club that will have me as a member. That's what Nate is doing right now. He's like, oh, well, if Serena is willing to sleep with me now, which we're not even clear that she was, by the way. She just says, sleep with me. She didn't, and I she's think she just meant, like, asleep. lay down with me. Right, she's passing out. <laughs> she literally means, like, let's go to bed. Like, night and, night. And that's enough for Nate to just be like, oh, my God, she might actually be this, like, STD-ridden slut. I have to get out. Nate's an idiot. He's terrible. <laughs> he really is. Gossip Girl post. Gossip Girl already has all the tea on N, spilling the beans to B about his hookup with S. How she did also, Gossip Girl know about things? It happened in their bedroom. <laughs> I know. How? Somebody said something. She also knows that N didn't sleep with S. How? <laughs> the only the common factor the is N. That's the true. common factor is N. The only sighting was N 
flirting with a cashier at a Mexican place after he bought his damn burrito. Come on, Nate. Jesus. Saturday morning, and Jenny is busy trying to wake up Dan. She needs him to take her to Barney's for a new dress for the, kips on, for the Kiss on the Lips party. If Rufus Humphrey had his way, she'd wear a dress from Sears. <laughs> There's this funny line about it like because he's like you should go to sears and get your stuff and i'm like there's hardly any sears anymore oh no <laughs> there used to be sears everywhere <laughs> she says like yeah she goes like this are there any sears anymore i'm like not really <laughs> not really jen dan does not want to take her but he feels bad because she's really into it they go to barney's and dan hates every person in there even the employees he really is a snob He's that thinks he's snob. better than everybody, like, even, is, even if they're not rich. He's more pretentious than the rich people. Exactly. Jenny is in hog heaven. She wants all the dresses. She even finds a $600 dress, insisting that she just wants to try it on. Her boobs are too big, and she needs to help finding the right size. So she asks Dan to get some sales lady to help them. Dan strode over to a haggard-looking woman with frosted blonde hair. She looked like she'd been working in department stores her entire life, only taking one vacation a year in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Dan imagined her chain-smoking Virginia Slims down on the boardwalk, worrying about how the girls back at the store were managing without her. Can I help you, young man? The woman asked him. Her name tag said, Maureen. My mom's name is Maureen. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason I had you read that. (laughs) But, like, he's judging... Her for chain smoking? I know. As like a trashy thing? You're like, you freaking hypocrite. That's what you do all day. (laughs) All day. At least she has a job. At least her Virginia Slims. That's less nicotine. (laughs) Like, the, the, the fact that he thinks about the brand shows how classist he's being. Exactly. Then Dan hears a familiar voice behind him and realizes that Serena Vanderwoodson is in the changing room with her mother. Because <gasps> she's always up. everywhere. I, oh, I know she's everywhere. He makes a beeline for the elevator to go to the men's department. There he turns into everything he says he hates, looking for the perfect cologne and the perfect Armani suit just to appease the girl of his dream, Serena. Hypocrite. Because he doesn't hate it. He wants it. He's just he envious. He doesn't hate it. Exactly. He's a he's a richophobe. <laughs> he secretly wants to be rich, but he hates the rich people. <laughs> but he doesn't like he hates them so much that he wants to be friends with them and date them. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I'm like, come on, dude, choose a side. Come on. Upstairs, Jenny spots Serena, and they have a brief encounter. Serena's mom bought her a black dress, which she hates. And the saleswoman, Maureen, keeps pushing this orange garb on Jenny. When Serena leaves, Jenny shuns the orange crap and puts on a black, a sleek black number. Let's note that Maureen says that she's too, too young to wear black. Huh? <laughs> You're too I young mean, to wear black. These do sound like very boring dresses for high schoolers who, I, I don't know about you, but at my prom, someone did wear like a hot pink two-piece dress. I'm just saying. Yeah. They could, they could go for more fun. They could. Jenny likes this look, though. She thinks she looks like a sex kitten. <laughs> you know? She's 14, right? Yes. But <laughs> she's got 34D boobs. I mean, she's kind of, you know, it's kind of that. Obviously, she's got hormones. <laughs> at the Sunday brunch at the Met the next day, 
the Upper East Side families are all sitting together. None of the parents really notice that none of the kids are talking to each other. They're all on the outs. Blair won't look at Serena or Nate, and Chuck is just too damn smug. Nate thinks he's probably fondling Serena under the table. Oh, dude. Also, you've all known each other for years. Why would you think this is just like suddenly happening? I know. He feels really bad about what happened with Blair and apparently just now noticed the gold heart that she had sewn into a sweater. How would you not notice that? Like, how small is that heart? It seems like a hard thing that will be on your sleeve. You would notice something. Not when you're thinking about Serena constantly. I guess. He wore the sweater in hopes that Blair would notice. She does. This is the least you can do, Nate. Very much the least. (laughs) Later, Serena confronts him about why he's not talking to her. But he gets all vague. Quote, I'm talking to you now. And she's like, you know what I mean. And he just walks off. Serena nearly cries. It's hard to feel sorry for the it girl. I'm sorry. The only reason to feel sorry for her is everybody either wants to sleep with her or just, like, be seen with her. No one actually, like, sees her as anything. She's a prop. She's a prop to everyone. Even Blair sometimes. That's the only, yeah, the only thing I can think of. But I'm like, at the same time, if you were more (laughs) self-aware, if you would just think about it, girl. Also, she could make friends. Like, she could. Yeah, you could actually make real friends. (laughs) Right. Blair is so upset with Serena and Nate that she ends up binge eating just so she can purge it all in the bathroom later. Blair, you're just hurting yourself. Stop. I know. Ugh. Gossip Girl post. People are still trying to figure out who Gossip Girl is, but she pays them no mind. She likes the anonymity. Spotted. D, opting for a rented tux, not the Armani one he was looking at. J, buying new underwear. No thongs. Yet. N, smoking another joint, B, getting another Brazilian wax, and S, sitting at home, drying her toenail polish in the window. These people are so boring. Oh, I'm like, and they're gossiping about it. This is gossip? Really? So they're living their lives? And Okay. Gossip Girl ends the post wondering what S will do next. Will she go to the party in spite of everyone because she wasn't invited? We will have to wait and see. It's now Friday. The kiss on the lips party is tonight, and Serena has no idea what she'll wear. She hates that black dress that her mother picked out. She's seriously depressed that no one has spoken to her all week. All she did was go to school and come home every day. She only spoke to her teachers and her parents. Luckily, the phone rings and her brother Eric calls with a pep talk. He doesn't know what's happened either, but his best advice is, quote, fuck him. Because Serena is awesome and shouldn't have to deal with that shit. Quote, you can't let assholes turn you into an asshole. You have to fuck them. I like Eric. He really cares about her. Yeah, but it's not good advice for her right now. I know. But he's also a kid, too. (laughs) She hasn't reached out to anyone and tried to sit down and be like, can we actually talk? Can we spend some time together? Yeah, but he's also only hearing her side. Totally. He doesn't know what's really going on. But he's going to, you know, he's going to probably stick up for her on her side, no matter what, anyway. At least she has someone in her family who pays attention to her. Exactly. So, Serena decides, fuck them. She won't go to that party where she's not wanted. She'll find someone else to hang out with. That is a better decision. So, who does Serena call? None other than bald goth chick, Vanessa Abrams. I probably wouldn't have called her first of all people. <laughs> not, not been my first <laughs> choice at all. 
She sounds so desperate on the phone, too, asking about film equipment and advice. And Vanessa actually starts to feel bad for her and tells her that she'll help Serena, showing her the basics of filmmaking. And then, still feeling bad, Vanessa asks Serena to hang out tonight to see you know, her sister Ruby's band play and is astonished when Serena says yes because she wasn't invited to the Kiss on the Lips party. Hmm, maybe a friendship could be formed. Maybe. Yeah, but it's also so weird for Serena to be like, can anybody teach me about film? Because she could hire an award-winning director to teach her about film. <laughs> exactly. I mean, in the, in the era of YouTube, you probably just watch the YouTube video, but you know. These kids courses. use their money so poorly. I know. They could use it in so much better things. It's time for Kiss on the Lips. Blair is all smiles as her event starts off without a hitch. Everyone is complimenting her and she's soaking it in. This is her moment to shine. Then little Jenny Humphrey comes by asking where Serena is and Blair instantly gets annoyed. She says Dan outed out not to go to the party and just dropped her off. Now she's all she's there all alone. Poor little Jay unsupervised. Jenny wants to wait with Blair for Serena, but Blair ditches her for the bathroom. Another puke session, no doubt. So Jenny is on her third glass of champagne. For someone who doesn't drink, I can tell you that three glasses of on an empty stomach will do me in. I can just imagine what it would do to a 14-year-old girl. But why doesn't she talk to anyone else? She's got a bubbly personality. Right? Somebody why would talk to her. Why does she just stand there? She does, and it's really awkward. Of course, who spots a lonely, big-breasted girl that he can take advantage of? None other than Chuck Bass. Ugh. Without even introducing himself or, or asking her name, he just gets her out on the dance floor, clearly with one thing on his mind. And she's like, oh, he's so handsome. I'm like, oh, but no, Jenny, no. Like It seems like he would leave a trail of slime wherever he goes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's oof. Or just like constantly like condoms falling out of his pocket or something. Just you know, <laughs> constantly. He wouldn't use condoms. Are you kidding me? No. Meanwhile, in a Williamsburg bar, Serena and Vanessa are bonding over sibling stories, waiting for Vanessa's sister Ruby's band to start playing. Vanessa is actually liking Serena. She's not as bad as the rumors make her out to be. That's the thing about gossip and rumors. Most of the time, they're not the entire truth, guys. <laughs> as the band starts to play, a tuxed out Dan walks in. He planned to hang with Vanessa, but once he sees Serena there, he melts back into his hopeless romantic self. And much to Vanessa's chagrin, why did she try to impress him by pointing out her red t-shirt? She usually wears black. Okay, but the t-shirt thing is really funny. (laughs) It is. She's like, hey, you see what I'm wearing? You see my t-shirt? It's red. And he's like, yeah, I've seen it. It's a red (laughs) shirt. And she's like, yeah, it's red. I usually wear black. He's like, that's great. Serena's here. Sorry. (laughs) But also, I mean, come on. It's a different color shirt. Like, that's (laughs) those are the moments where it's like Dan and Vanessa exist in this like perpetual art school life, even though they're in high school. (laughs) Come on. It's another aesthetic. Come on. (laughs) Definitely is. (laughs) But Dan just doesn't notice. He's just happy to be near Serena. At the party, Blair gets saved by a stoned Nate when cornered by the Peregrine Falcon Foundation woman. Later, after she barfs, he apologizes to her about Serena. 
He says he did it with Serena because she was so easy, basically. Oh. Which is a total lie. He wants yeah. Serena so much it kills him. Blair, still in movie mode, thinks this was a perfect moment and the music swells and everything is great. Just so long as Nate prom- promises to stay the hell away from Serena. Yeah, that we, sounds doable. Yeah, this is going to happen. <laughs> in Brooklyn, Serena gets an awkward dan- Dan to dance with her. Brooding over this, Vanessa makes her way to the bar where the cute redheaded bartender, Clark, says he likes her red shirt. Hello, someone noticed. Hello, someone is over 21 and someone else is in high school. I know. (laughs) Not only that, but he's had a crush on Vanessa for a while now. He pours her a free drink. And when she asks what it's called, he says, kiss me. So she does. Go, Vanessa. (laughs) I mean, come on, give it to her. So... I, I was talking about this uh, show with my boyfriend, and he was like, oh, yeah, wasn't that about adults? And I was like, no, it was about high schoolers. If it was about adults, it would make more sense. <laughs> and it probably wouldn't have been a scandalous or anybody <laughs> would want to watch it. Everybody's like, oh, why are, why are we gossiping about other people? Like, who cares? But, you know, I kind of miss these moments from my youth. Like, you would just kind of bold take some things. You know, you would do something like, he yeah. says, what's it called? And, she, he, and he says, oh, it's called Kiss Me. And she's like, okay. Mwah. And you're like, oh, that's. So uh, you know, you kind of want you to be in that mode. Yeah, it's totally great. Dan gets a call from Jenny, who's just been pulled into the ladies' room by Chuck Bass. He's getting all gross and gropy, and she ducked into the stall to bide time. She's scared as shit. He's outside the stall saying stuff like, I'm not finished with you yet, like a rapist would. Yeah, this it's is just, so scary. I know. I would be scared to death if I were her. Dan knows something's up because Jenny sounds weird. Serena decides to accompany him to pick up his little sister, leaving Vanessa with her new bartender, beau. I mean, also shitty. They just left a high school girl by herself at a bar making out with a bartender. Yeah, but her sister's there. Buddy system. That's true. Serena's a bad buddy. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Dan and Serena pull up to the Kiss on the Lips party, and he acts all cool with his invitation, saying like, She's with me. I'm like, nice, uh, nice. <laughs> Come on. You know, that's one of those things you're like, oh, you wish you could do it too at some point. She's with me. So they go to hunt down Jenny. Blair spots Serena and tells Nate to tell her now that they can't be friends anymore. I'm like, go tell her. Go tell her now. Go ahead. Do it while I'm watching. So Nate reluctantly does this and it instantly hurts Serena. But this time she's not going to get emotional about it. Good for you. Good for you, Serena. I Finally agree. learning something. Stand up to these losers. She looks up at Blair and they give this silent exchange, this smile. And it's analyzed what the smile between them means. But in my opinion, it means eat shit, bitch. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think this was a positive moment at all. No. It's kind of like they're like, they're just kind of smiling, acknowledging each other and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. No. This is an eat shit and die. (laughs) This is like, this is the last smile we're ever going to exchange. Yeah. This is not. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to go down. (laughs) Serena goes to the restroom and hears commotion in the stall. She notices Chuck's blue scarf and realizes he's taking advantage of Jenny in the stall. Poor Jenny. She's been manhandled and trapped with Chuck. Ugh. He even pulled her dress down to expose her boobs. Dan shows up and is ready to fight. Serena tells Chuck to get out of there, and he's pissed that she dare order him around after all that she's done. 
And we get this entire listing of Serena rumors from like one breath. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quote this. Quote, what have I done, Chuck? Serena demanded. What is it that you've done? Chuck licked his lips and laughed quietly. (laughs) What have you done? He asked. You got kicked out of boarding school because you're a perverted slut who made marks the wall above the bed in your dorm room for every boy you did. You have STDs. You you were addicted to all kinds of drugs and busted out of rehab. And now you're dealing your own stuff. You were a member of some cult that killed chickens. You have a fucking baby in France. Chuck took a deep breath and licked his lips. Serena was smiling again. Wow, I've been busy, she said. We still don't know if she's done or not done these things, by the way. I know. It's all rumor. <laughs> she doesn't really deny it. She just says, she wow, doesn't. I think it's funny where she's constantly like, oh, is that the gossip? Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. He's like, whatever. And he pushes past Dan. But I would have been like the TV series Dan and kicked and decked his ass. How did Dan least. not punch? People need to learn to punch Chuck. This is ridiculous. I know. In the show, he punched him. He doesn't in this. They get Jenny and they hail a cab, not before being handed their Kate Spade. <laughs> they get their Kate Spade gift bags on their way out the door. <laughs> like, don't forget your Kate Spade bags. That's really important. They've dropped Kate Spade name throughout this entire book. I know that. Dan asks if what Chuck said was true. And Serena says, what do you think? See? She never says. She never answers. I love it. So Dan says he doesn't believe it. He says he doesn't think of Serena that way. She smiles and they take each other's hands. They ride through Times Square. And now we're at the last Gossip Girl post. We start off with sightings. Most notably, B and N going home together Friday night and C wandering the streets looking for some new from Jersey Girl Strange. S is seen giving a Kate Spade gift bag to a homeless person, which is kind of nice in a way. What a good person she is. So, Arlene, please read us Gossip Girl's final thoughts. Questions and answers. Why worry about college? I'm having way too much fun right now. And there are so many questions to be answered. Will S and D fall in love? Will S grow tired of his corduroys? Will Jay swear off high society and fancy dresses and stick to friends her own age, even if they'll never be her bra size? Will V bust out and start wearing all sorts of bright colors? Will she grow her hair? Will she and the bartender get it on? Will B stay with N? Will C stop harassing young girls and admit that he's a loser? Will S really make a movie? She's never even used a disposable Polaroid. Will people stop talking about all of the above? It's unlikely. I know I won't. It's all so good. Until next time, you know you love me. Gossip Girl. End of the book. So what did you think about this book compared to the TV show that you've seen? Honestly, I kind of prefer the TV show. And part of it is because Blake Lively actually brings an element of humanity to Serena. But she is perfect for that part. She is. But like she, even though she's like beautiful and perfect and sculpted and tall like a model, she can bring actual emotion when Serena feels lonely or sad. And like that's so needed in her role. Exactly. And you know what's funny? I think for the most part, the show was cast pretty well. As far as the main kids, Blair is 
on point. Oh, so Blair is Serena. Is perfect. Oh my God. Leighton Meester is awesome as Blair. And uh, um, Chase Crawford is perfect as Nate. Just because he's Vankin, just beautiful. Pretty boy. He's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, even, um, oh my God, I just forgot his name. The guy that plays Chuck Bass. Um, Ed. Westwick. Yes. Ed he Westwick. classes Chuck up a lot. Yes. Chuck is a lot different in the books than he is in the show. I mean, he's still a reptile. Like, just because he gets a semi-redemption love story, he's still pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's really terrible. But in the books, he... It's basically he's not as terrible after this book. Like, he's just kind of a background character. The bar is so low. This is pretty much the worst you could introduce a character. He becomes more of like a like a character of himself. Like his dad and his parents are just so annoyed with all his antics and shenanigans that they make him like move to their his own apartment by himself. They don't want to deal with him. Is that they a punishment or a reward? I know, but it's kind of <laughs> in a way it's kind of made out to be kind of sad because he has like no family now. No, they just kind of shun him. And they end up like at one point giving him a, a monkey that sits on his shoulder a lot. And I think the monkey's name is Sweetie. Does he become a villain? I don't know. Because it <laughs> no. sounds like an origin story. But in the books, he is definitely bisexual, at least. Because he hooks up oh, with guys and girls cool. totally so in the books. Equal opportunity rapist. Oh, yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, he doesn't really rape anymore after this book. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. The raping's done. I, I don't know. I I enjoyed the book but i don't know how much of that was because i could fill in things from the show like i pictured the actors from the show but once you if you ever read any of the following books like it goes in a completely different direction and the show just grabbed hints of storyline from later books and threw them in throughout the series okay characters and stuff like that and like you saw like um even cyrus rose Mm -hmm. was described completely different than wallace sean who actually plays him on the show, which is the, you know, this little, if anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, if you think about the teacher from Clueless, the little balding guy, little whiny voice, kind of looks like, like Mr. Magoo. He's super nice and friendly. He's really super nice, yeah. yeah. But he's really nice on the show, and he's not creepy at all. He's just kind of this nice guy. But um, the show is significantly less creepy. They really play up the drama for fun. And I feel like in the book, it was taken more seriously. Oh, totally. It was totally taken more seriously. And it makes more sense, though. The characters make more sense in the book as far as, like you said, like with Jenny, especially. Like, why is she involved? It makes sense for her to be involved quickly in the uh, Upper East Side crowd as far as her looks go in the show. In the books, she's just so, you know, she's not getting involved. And she, oh, my God, I feel so bad. Jenny is, so Jenny in the show um, she ends up getting moved moved away because she becomes too much of a problem. Mm-hmm. We know it's because the actress was actually yes. the problem, but they make it to where Jenny is the problem. She gets sent away to live with her mother. In the books, Jenny, I think she tries to become Serena in a way. She mm-hmm. wants to be. She keeps finding herself in these situations, and and she ends up dating almost every damn male character in this book series, including oh. Nate. Oh, including Nate. Yeah, they date at one point. She's more naive in the books. Like in the show, she kind of tries to match wits with Blair and stuff like that. And that Mm -hmm. just, you know, this one, she doesn't do that. She just keeps falling into situations kind of like Serena, but it doesn't work out for her like it does for Serena. So, yeah, 
And what's funny is that, so she got a spinoff series as well, which is called The It Girl. And they had several books. They had at least probably like, uh, probably six or seven books, something like that. She's the new girl. And, and it's all about them ganging up on her and how her trying to earn her way into the status of this boarding school and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so that was Gossip Girl. And if you are curious about Gossip Girl Psycho Killer, make sure right after this, listen to the minisode. And you will find out all about the crazy alternate universe where people just die left and right on Gossip Girl. Arlene, um, thank you again for joining me for another book. Yeah. And a nice, lighthearted book in a way. <laughs> in um, a way. We it's, talked about rape a lot. So. Yeah, I know. I thought about it after that. After I started reading, I was like, oh, this is still kind of dark. <laughs> this had like, this had like, it's like dark, but painted with a little happy face over it like <laughs> but yeah so everybody you can find Orlean on the spooky sisters book club podcast and you can find her on instagram at spooky sisters read or on twitter at spooky sis read and be sure to check her out she does all these really cool gothic spooky tales it's fun it's a fun show and they're not very long episodes either you can get through a lot of them really quick <laughs> i love her voice they are. They are. They're pretty, you know, they're like, what, 20 minutes average? It's on purpose. When I read a short story, I hate the idea that I'm talking about it longer than it was. Yeah, I totally with, get that. With, like, like, their little chunks of story, it feels kind of silly to spend so That becomes really pretentious and, like, oh, yeah. I just have to analyze this to There's death. so much <laughs> deep meaning here. Let's get to the symbolism of the symbolism. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, I like the atmosphere you provide with your sound effects and your voice and everything oh, and the, the stories you tell. It's really good. So be sure to check her out. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Totally. Have any questions or comments about Gossip Girl or this show in general? Reach out to me via Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can reach me via email at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Dustin can read. <laughs>